The title of today's sermon is Get Ready for God to Speak. And, and I can kind of, you know, if I'm, if I'm fully honest, part of me was like, you know, I want to prepare our people to hear God speak to them as we go to retreat, as we prepare for retreat, right? But I think this is a word for us in any stage, not, you know, not just for the week before retreat, but this is a word for us, um, you know, just as we're walking with God, as we are going through life, the ups and the downs of life, this is a relevant word for us. Like, how do we posture ourselves? How do we prepare ourselves to hear God speak to us? You know, I've been wrestling with, and, and maybe some of you have been wrestling with, uh, what's happening in our, in our culture today. And so, you know, there's been a lot of talk about LGBTQ uh, rights and, um, you know, how, they, uh, how we talk about them in our schools and, and, and so forth. And, you know, there's a lot of voices, right? There's, there's a lot of, you know, every politician has their kind of, you know, view or their take on it and what should happen. Um, I hear even a lot of Christian leaders give their, their take. And so I've been trying to, I've been in a process of, of trying to, to search the scriptures. And, and by the way, that's not what the today's uh, sermon is going to be about. We, 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 I, w- I will, we will talk about this uh, more uh, in depth, uh, you know, I, I hope in the coming weeks. Um, but I guess what I'm explaining to you is sort of my process because I've been hearing a lot of voices and commentary and a lot of, you know, uh, outrage, you know, a lot of very, you know, emotional voices. So not just, you know, um, uh, not just commentary, logical, well thought out, that sort of thing. But we hear, you know, about the topics like this from every direction that we can go. Yeah? And, and I think what I've been wanting and what I've been asking the Lord for is to help me see what does the scripture say about this? What can we understand about our current situation, our current uh, situation in life in light of scripture? And so I've been hungry to hear God speak on it. And I don't know if many of you have felt that way too, where we've heard you know, voices come from a million different directions uh, on, on this subject as well as other subjects, whatever it may be that we're wrestling with. And I think in those moments, you know, it's easy to just sort of gravitate toward the voice that we like or the voice that, you know, resonates with us or the voice that, you know, we hope to be true or, or whatever it may be. But I've been really trying to press into the Lord and to get not only what his word is, like what scripture might, you know, help us to understand uh, about our identity, about, you know, those sort of things, but also the heart of God. And so I've had to press into the scripture. I've had to press in with the Lord and say, Lord, help me to sort, to, to sort through the voices. Help me to hear you and your word on this, your heart in this. And so I kind of, you know, as I prepared for today's sermon of, of getting ready to go to the retreat, you know, praying, I've been praying that God would speak to us about, you know, how we are to move forward as a church and, and how we can uh, grow and go in terms of mission, in terms of, you know, fulfilling God's call on us. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of voices that I need to sort of sort out, you know, block out in order to hear the Lord speak. And so I believe in Exodus chapter 19, as we go through the passage today, we're going to kind of see a few um, movements or a few uh, directions that we can look 
that can help orient us, that can prepare us to prepare our hearts to hear God more clearly. Now, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a grace that God would speak to us. But I believe that God has called us and, and brought us into relationship with us with him, not so that he could ignore us, but because he wants to speak to us, because he wants to, to, to give us insight about him and about life. And so wherever you are in life, whatever it is where you need a word from the Lord um, to, to guide you, to give you direction, uh, my prayer is that this, you know, this example that we see out of Exodus 19 can give us insight on how we should posture ourselves as we seek the Lord. So let's, let's pray and uh, let's, let's give ourselves to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just commit ourselves to you, Lord. Obviously, we commit this service to you, but, but really our own hearts, Lord, we offer to you, Lord. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Uh, Lord, I pray that to this morning, Lord, you would um, point us. Uh, I'm getting the picture of, of sort of, you know, like a compass, finding the true north. Lord, I pray that you would just kind of orient us through to true north, orient us to you, God, as we hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so this morning I'm going to give us four uh, words that are going to help us sort of get, you know, prepare ourselves to hear, uh, to hear the Lord, prepare ourselves to come before the Lord to hear him speak. But really, it's four words. You like that? Yeah. Four words and four directions for us to look um, as we, we come to the Word of God. And so let's look at Exodus chapter 19, verses uh, 1, or yeah, Exodus chapter 19, we'll look at verses 1 through 19. Yeah, those are, sorry, you, go, you can go back to that. These are the four words. We're going to be looking backwards, outwards, inward, and upward. And uh, I guess for after the, the service, you can um, come explain to me why it's backward, not backwards, uh, but we'll save that for after the service. I, I, I went back and forth making this slide uh, on that backward, or is it backwards? Anyways, um, so grammar lesson to follow. Okay, um, so let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 19. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. In verse 7, so Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud 
so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses said to the Lord, uh, or then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits on uh, the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on uh, them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. After Moses has gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them. And they washed their clothes and uh, he said to the people, prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the, mountain, or on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up, from the, uh, billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Man, what a scene. So we've got to understand the significance of what is happening here. Way back in Exodus chapter 3, you know, God was calling Moses, you know, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, right? And in, in chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. God is giving, you know, um, uh, building up Moses' confidence. I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. This mountain uh, is called by some the mountain of Moses. Uh, later in our passage, it's identified as Mount Sinai. But now the people of God who have been brought out of Egypt are standing in that spot. And they're about to encounter God. God this is like, you know, God is fulfilling his promise. God is fulfilling his word. And he's about to now speak to his people. And so that's where we find the people of God um, in chapter 19. So let's look at verses 3 to 5. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him with the mountain and said, or from the mountain and said, This is what you're to say to the descendants of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, how I called you on eagles' wings, or I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of the nations you will be my treasured possession. So we begin with sort of this look backwards. As the people are about to, or preparing to hear God speak, the first thing God does is remind them of the past, of his history with them, how he has saved them. Saved them. This isn't just a God who is just one voice out of many voices. Or you can listen to this God, or you can listen to the God of this 
people, or you can listen to the God of that. You know, you kind of choose and pick. No, that's not what God is saying here. God is saying, I have a relationship with you. I am the one God, the God who saved you. Remember me? And so get ready to hear. I'm about to speak to you. Right? That's who we are seeking when we are seeking a word from the Lord. We're seeking the God who saved us. We are the, you know, there's, there's kind of one commentator sort of looks at verse 4 and sees these three kind of um, uh, movements or three parts of salvation in any kind of context, whether it was God saving the people of Israel or when God saved, saves us, right? First, there's the bringing out, or so let's read verse 4. It says, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, right? How God defeated and broke down Egypt. Egypt was the one oppressing them. Egypt was the one holding them in bondage, and you saw what I did to them, is what God is saying, right? You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and then how I carried you on eagles' wings, and how I brought you to myself. And so there's those three things. There's the bringing out, how many of us have, have experienced God and how he saved us and brought us out of bondage, whether bondage to sin, for some of us, we've, we've experienced God deliver us from addiction. We've, we've, we've had God save us from hopelessness. And, and so there's the saving part where, where he brings us out of bondage. And then there's this other portion where he carries us on eagle's wings. And, and one commentator sort of um, paints the picture of an eagle sweeping, swooping down to rescue uh, the, the eaglet, right? An eagle coming down and rescuing the eaglet. Whether uh, the other picture is, you know, when they're learning to fly and they're, they can't quite handle it and then the, the, the mother eagle swoops down and picks them up and, and carries them back up to try again and so forth, right? And so we've experienced God's care, God's tender care for us and how he has cared um, uh, in our lives, how he's loved us. And then we've experienced him not just saving us to be saved or to be safe, but he brought us to himself. He saved us, not just so we can avoid hell or avoid a penalty for sin, but he saved us so that we might be in relationship, that we might know his love for us and that we might love him in return, that we might respond with love, when we respond with faith to him. And so many of us, as we come, you know, into our situation, asking Lord, for, you know, the Lord for a word, remember, God, you are the one who saved me. You are the one who brought me into relationship with you. Come. And, and, and it's as much reminding God as really reminding ourselves. God hasn't forgotten that. It's reminding ourselves. Our hearts will not be ready to receive God's word if we don't remember God's mercy on us. Right? It's, it's, it's going to be hard to receive a word from the Lord when we don't remember his mercy on us. And so God is reminding his people, this is who I am. I'm the God who saved you. And then there's a look outward. Um, and, and what God does is he kind of gives us a bigger picture that our story falls in the context of a larger story that is unfolding. In verse 6, um, 6a is where I'll read, and you will be... Uh, my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. Uh, these are the words that you are to say to the Israelites, right? And so this was for the, the people of, um, for the Israelite nation, that they were to be a kingdom of priests. Now, they weren't 
priests in the sense of that each of them was working in the temple and so forth. That, that was what the Levites were, or that, that's the, the job that was assigned to the Levites. But they were part of God's bigger story of bringing the nations to himself, right? What God wanted to do is show his glory. He wanted to save not just Israel. He wanted to, to show his glory to the world, that the nations would know him, right? And, and Israel was his servant. And so what he was reminding them of is that, okay, even in my dealings with you, there is a bigger story that is unfolding. God has a bigger purpose for revealing his glory, and we are part of that. So as we seek him, it's not just for ourselves, but we're seeking him for uh, our part in God, what God is unfolding, his kingdom coming in the world, that others may come to know him. Um, and then look inward. Let's skip forward to look inward. He gives them an opportunity now to look inward because they're coming into the presence of God. Let's look at verses 10 through 12. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain to, and tell them, be careful you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain will be put to death. Now, this is weird, right? Because he's telling the people, come close, but don't come too close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? It's a sense there where God is drawing them, but then God sets up limits. Why would, why would God do that? Like, what is that communicating to the people? It's communicating to the people of the holiness of God, right? That we aren't just walking willy-nilly, you know, into the presence of God, but we're coming into the presence of a holy God. And that as we come, there's, there's a humility that we need to close our, clothe ourselves with. There is a sense of us looking inward and seeing um, our, our own sin, our, un, un, our own unholiness, and confessing that before the Lord and repenting of that before the Lord that we might be able to stand in God's presence. Now, we know as Christians on this side of the, of, uh, the, of the, the cross, that we don't come into God's presence by our own righteousness or by scrubbing ourselves clean, right? We come before the Lord. Uh, w w the only way we are cleansed and able to come before a holy God is by the blood of Jesus, right? Through faith in his Son, or faith in the Son. And so when we come to God, that is our posture. You know, even as I'm, you know, trying to understand the, the issues that, that I was, you know, trying to read up on and trying to learn the, the God's word, I needed to, to spend some time confessing, Lord, I, I don't know, maybe I've, I've, I've kind of thought too flippantly or, or too simply about this topic. Or, or I've depersonalized this topic as an academic exercise. And, but what I need to hear, Lord, is your word. You know, or maybe I come with my own sinful agenda before the Lord. Um, one thing we were reminded of as pastors recently at our, at our pastor, FECA pastoral uh, fellowship retreat is to sort of notice um, as we come before God, what leaks out of us? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, 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 what comes out of us as we come before a holy God? 
And he pointed out how in Scripture it tells us that, you know, it's, it's in, as we come into God's presence, that the, the intent of the heart, you know, is revealed, right? The intentions of the heart are laid bare. And, and so sometimes when we come before a holy God with whatever our question or our struggle is, whatever we need the Lord for, that there's things that leak out of us. And so sometimes as I come before the Lord, I'm realizing, Lord, I got to confess, I, I'm coming in biased. I'm coming in because this is a personal um, issue. I'm coming in because this is, man, I'm really close to this. It affects me. You know, I think about, you know, like the, the example I gave at the beginning of, of trying to understand um, how to, to be Christian in, um, the, in a culture that is affirming to LGBTQ uh, persons that identify as such. And, you know, I, 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 there's fear that comes up for me. Man, I'm like, my, my kids are in the school system where things are being taught that I'm like, I, first of all, I mean, they're, they, they're too young for. And then second of all, I'm like, you know, the, the content, I don't know if that's the way I would, I would teach it. And so as I come before the Lord, what leaks out of me is fear. What leaks out of me is sort of anger at my powerlessness, like, like these politicians did this and that and whatever, and this is what's happening, right? What leaks out of me is, you know, whatever it may be. And so to be mindful of that as we come before a holy God, what leaks out of us? And then invite God, God, help me to understand this. This thing that came out, this, this anger, this fear that came out, Lord, I bring this before you. What, what do you want me to do with this? Do I need to confess it? Do I need to, you know, uh, surrender it? Do I need to, what, may, what might it be? And so I see kind of, you know, the people of God, you know, being asked to come before a holy God and cleanse themselves, get ready. All that stuff that, that may defile, all that stuff that, um, that holds us in bondage, let's get rid of that as we come before the Lord. And so that look inward. And then the last one is, I'll skip forward to looking upward, verses 16 through 19. It says, on the morning of the third day, there was a thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain, a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Wow. And Moses led the people out to the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it with fire. Smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled violently as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. So here we see God and his amazing display of power, thunder, smoke, earthquake, right? Here's where now where God speaks. God is preparing to speak. Now comes a time to come close and listen. Are we ready to come close and to truly turn our eyes upward? Lord, would you speak? Your servant is listening. You know, I, in my younger years, listened to a lot of rock music, a lot of heavy metal music. I, 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 as a high school, I remember in high school, driving and cranking up my car stereo and just being in the music. And I, re I remember 
you know, being so disappointed that I blew out the, the back speaker. There, there, there was this, uh, it would just give this rattling noise. And I was like, oh man, this is such an old car. What's the problem? And then it happened to the next car that I drove where I blew out that speaker. And then I finally started to piece it together by the third car that I ruined the, the, the speaker, the sound system that, oh wow, you know, maybe I'm you know, playing it too loud. So now the problem is now um, you might notice when you talk to me that sometimes I have a little bit of difficulty hearing. Now, I, I, you know, I, I haven't lost my hearing, but what my doctor has told me is that I'm in the beginning stages, right? And so what you'll see, he's given me a couple strategies. What you'll see me do sometimes is, of course, I'll, I'll lean in closer, right? Um, uh, sometimes if I'm smart enough or thinking ahead enough, what I'll do is, um, like if we're speaking in a crowded place, I will try to stand facing you with the crowded noise behind me and you in front of me so that I'm hearing more of your voice than the, the surrounding noise. That helps, that helps a little bit, but it doesn't fix the problem. Uh, you'll see me do one of these. <laughs> you'll see me lean in a little bit. And, and, and if I'm really concentrating, you'll see me like kind of like close my eyes and lean in because I'm just so trying to focus. And what it is, is I'm trying to focus in on the voice of the person who's speaking, right? I, I, have, to, I have to take effort to sort of block out the other noise and to lean in and hear it so that I can hear what the other person's communicating. I can respond with more than just a smile and a nod, right? I can respond meaningfully. And so I kind of get that picture as, as it is with the Lord. God wants to speak to us. Can we turn our back to the noise? <laughs> Can we kind of face him and, and, and give him our attention and our focus? Are we willing to sort of lean in a little more, kind of put up and, and just create, I mean, I don't know if this, all right, I'm, I'm like trying to create a satellite dish sort of thing right here, right? Trying to get as much of, of what the person is speaking. Are we doing that in our relationship with the Lord? Or are we kind of going through kind of just smiling and, and, and nodding like we can hear, but we really aren't really hearing very well, right? And I, you know, you could fake it pretty far doing that. You could fake it pretty far by just smiling and nodding and get through a lot of social situations. But that's not what I want in my relationship with God. I don't want to go through life just smiling and nodding, right? And, and, and for, for some of us, maybe it's felt like a while since we've heard God speak to our hearts, like really speak to us personally. I mean, I'm not saying that you haven't heard a sermon or that you haven't you know, come across an inspirational quote or something like that, but, but for some of us, it's been a while since we've pressed in and really said, God, I really want to hear you. I'm having trouble hearing you, so can you speak you know, and, and, and to focus in on what God might be saying to us. As we approach the, the retreat, you know, this next week, man, it's this Friday, it's coming up fast. I want to be in a posture of sort of leaning in to the Lord. Now, I know God's going to do more than just maybe, you know, speak to, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, we've been praying for God to do a lot of things at this retreat. One of them is, is build community. We're, we're, we're trying to build a breadth of relationships with, with people the people sitting on this side meeting people who sit on this side. The people who sit in the front meet the people, and I love it. Dude, you guys are never in the front. I love having you guys in the front right here. It's awesome. Right? We're, we're trying to mix, them, mix up and, and meet people, so that's one of the goals. But what we really want to do is, Lord, 
Lord, you're doing something in our church. You're calling us to something. I need to hear you for that. And as I draw close, as I lean in, maybe there's going to be some stuff that comes up, some, some, you know, stuff that leaks out of me. Lord, I want to be willing to bring that before you. For, for myself, man, my, my struggle is when that stuff leaks out, I feel like, man, I don't have time to deal with that, <laughs> right? It's leaking out. I don't have time to deal with this. Oh, okay, uh, you know, we'll just kind of set it aside and move on because I need to get through my week. I got work and, and the family, and we got to get them to, right? We're rushing through life. And so when the stuff leaks out, maybe we don't take the time to say, God, what do I do with this? <laughs> what do I do with this anger? What do I do with this fear that, that, that's sort of living or this anxiety that's sort of following me around. So as we come to the Lord this weekend, you know, seeking the Lord as a retreat, man, this is a special time in our church. This is the first time since pandemic that we're gathering the entire church together to retreat. And so I'm expecting that God will meet us. I haven't been to a retreat where God just kind of was like, eh, you know, uh, maybe I'll meet him at the next one, right? God's met us. We've always encountered God. And so I want to come with expectancy and, and kind of focused in, Lord, how might you speak to us this weekend? Would you posture yourselves as well? Lord, what do you want to say to me? Uh, Lord, get me ready to listen. Not just to hear because I can hear a lot of stuff. We're hearing lots of voices. But Lord, help me to truly listen, to key in on your voice. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, God, that you not only save us and forgive us, save us from sin, give us the hope of heaven, but Lord, you bring us to yourself. And so at this retreat, in this moment in our lives, of our career, in this season of our family life, Lord, we want to kind of lean in. Lord, would you speak to us? Help us to hear. And Lord, we surrender ourselves to you, God. Whatever, wherever that conversation with you leads, Lord, we enter into it by faith because we trust that you love us. We trust that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to your people. In your name we pray. Amen.